What's up, guys? Sports are finally back, and if you want to support your favorite team and support this podcast, head over to Fanatics for some dope sports gear. They have a ton of deals and amazing merch, including jerseys, hats, and all things sports-related. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, and not only will you get some great gear to support your favorite team, but you'll also be supporting our show and allowing us to continue to bring you guys great content. So head over to Fanatics.com with the link below to get all your favorite gear today. You're listening to the Up and Under Podcast, starting in 3, 2, 1. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under Podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joined with me, as always, it's Zeeshan. Yo. All right, man. From the jump, I do want to apologize for last week's episode, any of the the audio uh, glitches. Hopefully, we did swap out the mic, so hopefully that issue should be rectified for this one. But uh, definitely want to apologize for that. That was just uh, technical difficulty. That was something we should have noticed beforehand, but we didn't. But I know we also promised in last week's episode that we'd be continuing with our, uh, you know, looking back at our at our season predictions. For the Western Conference. For the Western Conference. We did the Eastern Conference in last episode, so if you haven't already checked that out, definitely go do that. Uh, but we're not actually going to be doing the Western Conference in this episode, mainly because there was a lot going on with the NBA playoffs that we felt like it'll be more relevant to talk about uh, in this episode. Like, yeah, when when this episode comes out, y- you guys will know what we're talking about because it's like, you you can't not talk about what's going on the, in, in the playoffs. Yeah. So hopefully, if it's not as eventful, um, probably next episode we might have the uh, Western Conference predictions review. Yeah, uh, but, you know, we're going to have to see about that one. But in this episode, we're going to basically be talking all playoffs. We're going to be... Essentially recapping what ha- went transpired at the end of the second round of the playoffs, which was with specifically you know the last few games that we had a few game we had a few game sevens going on, some embarrassments, uh, and also we're going to be giving our predictions on the conference finals. Now, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals has already occurred at the time of this recording, but we still want to give you guys our thoughts, especially on that game and what we think will transpire uh, for the for both series now that they're both set. Um, and going to start soon, especially the Western Conference. Um, and we're also going to be breaking down uh, the All-NBA teams and the All-Rookie teams that were announced. The All-NBAs were announced today. The All-Rookies were announced yesterday. Yeah, so, at the time of this recording. At the time um, of this recording. We're also going to be comparing it to uh, what our predictions were for the All-NBA and All-Rookie teams. Um, if you haven't watched that episode, definitely um, check out that episode. Um, and then, obviously, we'll be finishing with the Up and Under segment. Yeah. Uh, and man, we got a lot to, to go over in this episode, so let's just jump right in. Uh, the first, so we're going to be first talking about the ending of the second round of the playoffs, kind of breaking down each series and, you know, what kind of transpired, uh, and, uh, call us biased, but we're going to start off with the Toronto and Boston series. Well, I mean, I guess it makes more sense, um, from a time standpoint. Well, no, technically the Miami series would make more sense from a, if we're talking chronologically, but. All oh, right, right, right. But they did. Regardless. They did end. Regardless, we're going to talk about the Toronto-Boston series because it was far more eventful. And like, also, we'll get the depressing stuff for us out of the way first. Yes, that's, that's the that main way, reason. You know, we can, you know, we can mope around so, um, in the beginning and then talk yeah, properly afterwards. Pretty much. So basically, if you guys haven't already, if you've been sleeping under a rock, the Toronto Raptors and Boston Celtics went to Game 7 in their series. Um, 
and the Raptors fell short. Uh, they are, are not are knocked out of the playoffs. The Celtics. I think that series side note um, cut about a couple of years off from my life. <laughs> Like it was no, and, and listen, man, it wasn't even a Raptors fans either. Boston Celtics fans were all like dude, anxiety it, attacks. It was a stressful uh, series. If you're not a fan of either team, this was like an amazing series. This was a very great series. I mean, the, the first of all, like the fact that this series went seven games, I predicted it to go to go the distance. I 100% thought this was a competitive series. The people who thought it wasn't going to be competitive, I don't know what you, you know... What these you were, were thinking? probably two of the most evenly matched teams in the NBA this it's year. It's incredible how even these teams were. And it came down to the wire. Game 7, incredibly competitive. Bottom line was basically the Raptors kind of just ran out of gas. The Celtics were able to take advantage and play well down the stretch. Um, the Raptors were still, like, they were down for most of the Game 7. Uh, but they were still able to come back, claw back in, as been the theme of the Raptors in this series. In the season. And in the season, you know, you don't count this team out. You know, like the everyone hates the never underestimate the heart of a champion, but it was true with this team. You know, like the, the impressive thing I think um, that I won't appreciate fully until we see some bad Toronto teams. Hopefully, maybe that never happens again in our lifetime. I hope. Hopefully, but um, you know, chances are it will. Uh, but I think what I won't respect until again, as I, until I see some like bad teams are just the fact that no matter what the score was at any point in this season, in the season, in the playoffs, whatever was happening during the game, I never felt like the Raptors were out of the game. I always felt like they could win. Legit, every game, 82 of 82, well, not 82 games this year, but whatever yeah, whatever amount of games there were this, uh, this year, and, and even in the playoffs, there wasn't one game where I thought, the Raptors might lose, even if they were down 30, for example, in the Dallas game. I was just about to bring it up. Didn't, they came back from, from thir- down 31. So being down 20, being down 10, 5, it really doesn't matter. The Raptors showcased that they're a team that will fight a scratch and claw, and they'll they'll fight out of it. And one major element, like the fact that it was so close to end that game in a game 7, the one major, major you know, sour spot that I think a lot of Raptor fans have is, is if Kyle Lowry didn't foul out. It may have been a different ending. Now, I know it's a lot of what-ifs. You know, people are going to say, oh, you're being a homer, you know. But Kyle Lowry is the heart and soul of this team. And like, he was the best player for them. He was the best player. You know, the games that the Raptors won, Lowry could be... You could argue Lowry was the best player on the floor. He was. He was the best like, player on the floor when, le- when the Raptors legitimately, won. Legitimately. And people... This man gets way too much... Like, has gotten way too much hate over his career. You got to give the man his due. He is a bona fide Hall of Famer. And if the Raptors won this series, I guarantee you everybody on ESPN, Fox, all the networks are going to be like, that man's a Hall of Famer. Well, I think at least this season, um, it started out, I think, at least, uh, definitely with last season. I think over the past two years, people have started to give more credit to Kyle Lowry. And at the end of the day, if you ask the NBA players, they all have a very yeah. high, um, yeah. you know, esteem of Kyle Lowry. So. It's more so the media. Rather than like the players, the players or respect casual Lowry. Fans. Yeah, or casuals. Um, but yeah, uh, Kyle Lowry played amazing this series. Um, you know, obviously we're going to have to talk uh, about uh, the struggle of Pascal Siakam. Um, and I know we have this point like below. You know, the the next point we should have talked about, but I want to bring it up now. Pascal Siakam did not have a great series, and although he was expected to perform and be a be a, a number one option. You got, like, this man is taking way too much hate. Like, the hate for this guy is, 
very bad. Like it's it's, it's pretty bad. Um, I don't know. I have like two points to this. Number one is from a team perspective. I think. Um, and I guess maybe it's because of the fact that there's a lot of new Raptors fans and they don't remember the uh, Primo Pasta, Andrea Borgnani days, or Jamario Moon, um, Hidu Turkoglu backstabbing us. You know what's funny? I saw someone wearing a TJ Ford jersey the other day. Was it like double double XL? I, I don't know. I hope it was double double. XL. I don't know. It wasn't new. It was old. But like it was um, old. But yeah, I think from a team perspective. Like, a lot of Raptors fans, and I think this more so, again, a lot of casual Raptors fans, I'd say. There's a lot of uh, casual Raptors fans, and also maybe a lot of younger Raptors fans who, you know, became a fan during these past, like, six years. The championship, right? Yeah, like, during the past six years, I think, and and naturally so, there's going to be a lot of new fans. Like, no disrespect to them, you know. Whenever you become an NBA fan is whenever you become an NBA fan. Um, But... The issue I had was because of the fact that people on, you know, social media that were Raptors fans were all going crazy. Oh, no, they're, like, crying about it, blah, blah, blah. My thing is, bro, Boston is a top five team for a reason. The Raptors are a very good team, but they're facing also an even, if I'm being honest, even better team. Well, we'll talk right? about the Celtics after the, after the, after the fact, but... Like, there's no shame in losing the series. No, it's, it's the, the Raptors. There's no, sh- they clawed it out until the end. Uh, there's absolutely no shame in losing the series. I don't have a problem with losing the no. series. Um, I don't have a bitter taste about it in my mouth, no. unlike the Washington series, for example, that right? Or sucked. the Cleveland series in 2018, yeah, and 2017 for that fact. Um, there's no shame in losing the series. You lost a very good team, and you lost in seven. Like, if you lost, if if we got swept or we lost in five. Then we have room to like criticize and be be a little bit more judgmental. And they lost by a very narrow margin. What was it like three points, four yeah, points? By a very narrow margin. Um, and then number two, um, you can talk about it too if you want. The Pascal Siakam criticism, I think, is unwarranted. Yes, was he uh, garbage offensively? I might add that mm-hmm. in offensively, was he garbage? Yes, he was garbage offensively this series. But that brings me up to my point about Pascal Siakam as a two-way player. A lot of these guys on social media are complaining, oh, Serge Ibaka should have played more, Serge Ibaka should have played more. I saw something about Stanley Johnson and Matt Thomas should play. And I was like, huh? Okay, I don't what? know about that one. <laughs> what? I don't what? Know they should have played over Siakam. They should have taken Siakam's minutes. Bro, besides Alex Wong, I probably am the guy who's talked the most about Matt Thomas, Alex Wong, and William Liu. Shout out to yeah. those guys. <laughs> but, um, no, man. Pascal Siakam, I understand why people want to play Ibaka more. I get that. He was very good offensively in the series. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why Nick Nurse capped his and Marc Gasol's minutes. The reason was primarily Kemba Walker. Yeah. In the pick and roll, Kemba Walker was abusing them. Now, I know Kemba Walker didn't have the greatest series, but when did that series turn around for Kemba Walker? When the Raptors started to go smaller and then they could switch out onto him more. Right, well, that's when we, the series turned. Nick for Nurse him. went with the box and won on Kemba, exactly, and it worked. It shut Kemba down. Now, also, it just happens to be that Boston had has Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart turns into Steph Curry against us, um, and you know there were other players stepped up, which is what which what's credit to them. Like again, like that's our next point is credit to the Celtics. But I again, I want to touch upon the Siakam thing. Like he didn't play well offensively. But you got to understand, it's his first playoff season, his first full year as a number one option. This man started playing basketball when he was 17 years old. 
I think he your perspective. Let me put this out there before mm-hmm. I let you continue. For perspective, Siakam is 26, 27 right 26, now. Twenty six, yeah. At this point in Kyle Lowry's career, he hadn't made a playoff game. Uh, he hadn't made an All Star team. I don't think he averaged fifteen points per game. He didn't average fifteen points a game. He was a bench player. So you look at what Kyle Lowry is now. Yeah. After he turned what was a twenty seven, twenty eight, and he put himself a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. No, like again, Pascal Siakam is not even at that stage yet. Yeah, and that's literally what Lowry brought up. Like when Lowry, when we the Raptors got swept by the Wizards, which was worse than what happened in this series, by the way, we got a em- million times worse. We got embarrassed by the Washington Wizards. Um, Lowry took a lot of heat. Demar Derozan took a lot of heat. But you know what? Lowry took all that criticism and made himself a better player. Wasn't that the the that the year after that Lowry came back? He became skinny Lowry. Yeah, skinny Lowry. They got to the conference finals. They, they took the they, eventual champions to six games. Yep, they got to the conference finals. So all this hate, I think some of it is 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 justified. I do think some of it is like okay, there's a difference between con- cri- like constructive criticism and saying that look, you didn't play well. But there's other things saying like, oh, you send the man back to Congo, trade the man. No. Yeah. So Don't, I was yeah. I was just gonna talk about that too. Um, before I talk about, I want to finish my point about Pascal Siakam as a two way player. Um, there's a reason why this guy was a positive in, for example, Game Six when he played 53 minutes and he he was he was struggling offensively. There's a reason why he was a positive 12, a plus 12, and that is because of his defense. He's still an All NBA level defender. And he showed that in the series because he wouldn't have been playing 40-plus minutes a game if he wasn't impacting the game that much on the defensive end. Moving on to the point that Drew made up, uh, that Drew brought up about um, the Pascal Siakam and, like, trade and blah, blah, blah. Keep in mind, I said this on uh, I said this on, on uh, social media, too. The people right now that are saying to trade Pascal Siakam, a couple of years ago, were saying to trade Kyle Lowry. Yeah, no, that's true, um, but yeah, Pascal Pascal will be better. You know that that's that's guaranteed. The last point we want to make, I want to make about this series before we move on. Credit to the Boston Celtics, although I am vomiting my mouth while I say that they were the better team. They played very well. Um, you know, honestly speaking, I have a lot of respect for their their team, their roster construction, their coaching. If they weren't bo- wearing the bo- like, if they weren't the Boston Celtics, I probably would be cheering for them yeah. and rooting for them. Um, but, but you know how it is, Toronto. Boss, yeah, you know how it is. Um, but yeah, no credit to the Celtics. They played exceptional. Uh, credit. Wh- yeah. Are, okay. Give credit before I before yeah, I throw okay. shade. Um, listen, man, we all hate Marcus Smart as Toronto fans, but you, especially if you know basketball, you cannot disrespect this man's game. This guy is. I wouldn't be exaggerating if I said the reason why the Celtics won the series is because of Marcus Smart first and foremost. I mean it's not out of the it's not like out of the conversation. He definitely was a factor in the series, which I is, think he was the biggest factor for the Celtics. But screw Marcus Smart. Yes. Man thinking he's the king of the north. First of all, A, if anyone can owns the King of the North title, it's LeBron. B unoriginal. And C, bro, you're Marcus Smart. Go go get beat by Jimmy Butler. Uh, while I was, I'll sit here, I'll polish my team's championship ring that we won in the last decade. Cool. So that was the Toronto-Boston series. Very good series. Very entertaining series. Uh, we got to move on to the second Eastern Conference series in the second round. This one ended very quickly uh, between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. Um, 
Now I'll let you kind of take over with this one. Yeah, so uh, a couple episodes ago we talked about the series. This was at the point where I think uh, Miami was up like two o or three o something like that. So it's not like we're not gonna talk much more about this series because the series um it kind of played out you know the same throughout the whole series. Now Milwaukee did get one game when Giannis uh left the game in the second quarter. Was it? Um, and that was due to the fact that Chris Milton went crazy. Uh, Chris Milton, this series, I think, to end off, um, you know, uh, this round showed how good of a player he is. Um, he definitely played his heart out. The problem is, you know, the NBA is very, very talented. Um, it's a very talent-driven league. Chris Milton's a very, very good player, don't get me wrong. He's an all-NBA caliber player, but he's just not that guy He's not a number two. He's a number three. Yeah, he's just not a number two to help out Giannis um, get to that next level. So credit, go big shout out goes to Chris Milton. Um, Brooke Lopez, he found his his shooting again in the bubble. Um, so shout out to those guys. My second point is Eric Bledsoe's uh, trash as usual in the playoffs. No disrespect, but. So he, it is what it is. He I'm turned into Drew Bledsoe in the playoffs, <laughs> yo. Wrong sport. Hey, Drew Bledsoe got a ring, though. So. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He's Drew Bledsoe on the basketball court. <laughs> Wrong sport. Um, Yeah, Eric Bledsoe played terrible again this series. Now, again, I will give him a tiny, tiny bit of a pass because he was injured. Mm. But this is a trend at this point. Uh, we've seen this for I don't know how many years now. That Two or three years? At least three years that Eric Bledsoe is yeah, not being. Like he's... Now he'll put up an occasional good game or two. But um, he's consistently underwhelmed in the playoffs. Uh, especially his shooting. Now again, he's never been a shooter. But his shooting always in the playoffs drops off a cliff. Um, and Milwaukee really, really screwed up by not retaining Malcolm Brogdon. Oh yeah, that's a that's big loss. That's a terrible, terrible... Uh, look for the franchise. And then finally, um, you know, as we talked about before, Eric Spolster completely dominating uh, Mike Budenholzer thoroughly through the whole series. I think we got to, like, take away this notion that, like, Budenholzer is an amazing coach. Like, that's done. Well, like, he's a very good coach. I will say that. At the end of the day, he's better than... He, he's a top 10 coach, I would say, which is still pretty good. But again, there's only that select few top five who can get you to that next play, uh, next true. level in the playoffs. And that's we all know Mike Boonholzer, great regular season coach, not a good playoff coach. Again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you're a franchise, like, for example, you know, not to bash on the Knicks or anything, but Knicks, Cleveland, Detroit, those kind of franchises, you take a coach Boonholzer any day because you've seen what he's done in Atlanta, you've seen what he's done in Milwaukee. Again, that doesn't necessarily translate into a playoff success, but you need someone who can get you there. We're going to talk about... Mike D'Antoni and Doc Rivers afterwards, too, in a bit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the same boat. I mean, like, one more point I want to just kind of add on to the series. Credit to the Miami Heat. They played in a, they played an amazing series. Jimmy Butler. If there's one player that, like, I kind of want to see compete for a ring, it's Jimmy Butler. This he man, deserves it, man. He deserves, he deserves it. He's shot. definitely that type of player. But this Heat team, we, complete, we really underestimated how good they were going to be. And they're showing us, man. They're in the conference finals. They took care of the number one seed. And I'm excited to see where, they, where they're going to go from here. But, uh, yeah, that was the Milwaukee and Miami series. So moving on into the Western Conference, um, obviously the 
the the main uh, matchup was the, the the Lakers versus the Houston Rockets, and uh, the Lakers took care of business. This was surprisingly uh, dominant. Now again, we did predict it to go five or six. We kind of were like leaning towards six because we thought Houston may get hot like a couple of games. But even our five and six or our five or six game prediction, I don't think it involved like twenty point blowouts. It was bad, yo. Like it literally, and we kind of s- expected it a little bit, like just from the fact that Houston has no bigs, and the Lakers have probably two of the best bigs I in the game today. I wouldn't say we expected it. Okay, that's a bit. That's Not a the blowout, terrible. but we expected like the dominant, like AD to be dominant. We expected LeBron yeah. to be able to drive whenever he wants. I think the the main thing we counted on before I let you go is just the the three point shooting evening out the advantage. That mm. the Lakers had. And Houston did not thing. shoot well at all, which is typical for them. I mean, like, again, taking more threes doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit more threes. Um, but one thing I do want to start off with is James Harden and Russell Westbrook did not play well. Like, I don't think James Harden played that bad. He didn't play horribly. Westbrook played bad. Uh, Harden was okay, but again, Harden's got to be better. If you're going to be that greatest scorer of all time type of t- player, you got to you got to you know, step up in these big moments and uh, carry your team when your team literally isn't doing anything. Uh, ultimately, the small ball system failed. That's, I mean, you've been waiting for this to happen. Yes, I was waiting for this to happen. If you if you don't know, like, I, I hate this, like, I'm not trying to sound like an old head, right? I'm not an old head because I'm, I'm definitely not that old either, right? But, like, I grew up on 2000 basketball, right? And seeing what, like, this whole three-point shooting craze It was definitely unconventional. a bit much this system was completely unconventional and we saw we called it as soon as we saw it happen now yes can it bring you some success yeah sure and you can win games with this system but once teams start to catch on to it once teams start the game plan for it the thing with the small ball system is first of all as we we talked about i think in the last the the two episodes ago why it works for houston there's a very select personnel who can pull the small ball off first of all and 29 of the other teams don't have the personnel that Houston does, which is why it works to the degree that it does for Houston. That's number one. Number two, P.J. Tucker, I know, and Robert Covington, I know, are very strong guys. Jeff Green as well. You know, all these guys are very big dudes for their position. And they can win a game, you know, for you, playing center, playing power four. The problem is, on a game-to-game basis, in a grinded-out seven-game series... That's too much for even a guy like P.J. Tucker. And you saw that at the end of the series, bro, P.J. Tucker was like dead, bro. This guy's like dying at the end of the I series. I mean, look, at the end of the day, like, that's the whole point of a series. It's a chess match. Like, one person makes a move, the other team counters. And that's something Houston really didn't counter because they didn't really have any other answer. It was, they're, they're small. They're, they're not big. And you're going up against the best big, in, one of the best bigs in the game in Anthony Davis. And LeBron James is a freight train. So, like... I mean, again, like they small, it, did, it didn't work. But Frank Vogel had a great, had a very good game plan, which you, a note that you kind of written here. You know, it neutralized the rocket system, and you know it exposed them for their lack of creators. Going back to your point about how uh, you know Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni didn't make any adjustments. Could he have done a bit of stuff? Yeah, um, he could have done. You know, in terms of attacking, the Lakers were playing a love zone. You could do things like try to get Russell Westbrook into the middle of the zone rather than having Westbrook on the wings. Um, 
Because a lot of the times, the dude in the middle of the zone was, for example, P.J. Tucker, Jeff Green. You don't want them handling the ball in the middle of the zone. Russell Westbrook, you know, he is a bit of a turnover machine at, you know, sometimes. But I'd rather have Russell Westbrook handle the ball, right? So he could have done stuff like that. But the main reason why D'Antoni didn't make any big adjustments is simply the fact that he can't make he any couldn't. big adjustments. He couldn't. Like, there's not right? much else you can do. There's not. Exactly. You can't do anything else with this team. This team was made to play one way and one way only. That's it. You, you can't do anything else with this It was team. literally you live or die by the three. And, um, you know, D'Antoni didn't really make any great adjustments because he couldn't really do it. Like... Um, and another thing that we got to mention, this is, again, LeBron's now heading back to the conference finals. This is where, you know, LeBron starts to pick it up and playoff LeBron. Which is crazy that he starts to pick it up even more. <laughs> what did he do? Like, what did he average in a series? Like 28, 9, and 8 or something like that? I don't that? know, but it was light work for him. And, like, this was literally LeBron was like out of, like... He was close to doing the the, the, the the ball spin and shooting over P.J. Tucker yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, bad times. Bad yeah, times those are dark times for us. But it's fun to see it happen to someone else. But no, LeBron, he, playoff LeBron, he's a different player, man. He's a scarier, more dominant player. And, and he guess, only ramps it, as you said, he only ramps it up even more as the series goes bro, on. Bro, I'm ex- like, LeBron in the conference finals, bro. He's going to smell blood. And bro, the thing is too, like, a lot of people... Even me being a LeBron fan, I for you know, I think I forgot about it to some degree too. When LeBron didn't make the playoffs last year, obviously he was injured. The team was completely injured and whatnot. Not seeing LeBron for that one year, I think made a lot of people forget how good he truly is in the big moments. Especially when you see him coasting through the regular season, it's like, oh, is he? You know, he's getting older now. Blah, Even blah, through blah. both his game ones this year, like we were just talking about that before we recorded, it was just like. You can tell LeBron takes game ones just to coast, just to feel everything out, and then literally games two through however long it takes him, maybe like five games, then like you just see it's a different player. Like, yeah, like LeBron. Um, people a lot of people forgot how good he was after last year because of the fact that you didn't see him in the playoffs for a whole year, um, and then obviously with the extended time this year, so you didn't see play, uh, playoff LeBron in a good chunk of time after seeing consistently. In the finals for the past eight years before that. Yeah, last year was Hollywood LeBron. Yeah. This year we got playoff LeBron. Yeah, this year LeBron is back. And again, he's said it throughout the whole season. Revenge tour. He's on a revenge tour. I will give one shout out to Anthony Davis. Um, He looked re- he looked really good in this series. Um, He did what I, w- what I wanted him to do, which was they don't have a big. You're a big dude. Get in the post. Get in the post. Dominate. Dunk on their heads. That's uh, it. Yeah, so after... Game one was, you know... The feel-out. Game one, game one, Anthony Davis didn't do that. He didn't act like a big man. Which, Anthony Davis has a tendency to do that at times. Um, but, you know, guy. after all of the talk from that game one loss, he literally just got into post, and he's like, yo, P.J. Tucker, he can push me in the post, but once Anthony, once Anthony Davis gets in the post, gets the ball and faces up, that's his game right there. Not the back-to-the-basket stuff necessarily, but the face-up in the post. That Because he's he gets, quick enough to have that first step on them. And, and then he's, he's long enough to get a shot off. And exactly. his mid-range shot in the post is money. You can't stop it. You can't. And especially when you have a 6'4 guy on you. Especially it's... this series, bro. When, like, I don't remember him, like, missing, like, any mid-range shots. Man, all I know is PJ Tucker. I mean, stop shooting threes, get the minutes, yeah, bro. That's absolutely. what we've been saying for Anthony Davis. Right? And when he did it, like, you can see how, how well it worked out for the Lakers. Um... So basically, bottom line is the Lakers kind of cruise to the Western Conference Finals, 
And Houston is kind of stuck in this bad with this bad roster. Westbrook and Harden are on really bad contracts. Uh, they just lost D'Antoni, which was expected. Um, and now they have to make a decision on how they fix it. Also, a uh, final point, just for all the Skip Baylesses out there. The Rockets did not lose the series because of the fact that Daniel House was not there. That's not why the Rockets lost the series. If that could he can... have helped? Yes, he could have helped. He was a very good player, a very good rotation player, which the Rockets severely needed um, in the series. But they didn't lose because Daniel House was not there. Yeah, I mean, like, literally, if, if Daniel House couldn't follow simple rules in the bubble, I don't know what more he would do for you on the court. That's not smart, man. But what he did was not smart. But, yeah. Moving on to the Clippers and Nuggets series. Man, this is... Have this your is, fun. This is funny for me. Listen, I know... Okay, as a Raptors fan, I don't hate Kawhi. Kawhi I like goofed. Kawhi, actually. Kawhi uh, goofed. Uh, yeah, he did. I like Kawhi, actually. But, again, as a Raptors fan, there is that sense of, you know, maybe, like... You know, I don't want him to win. Okay, let's be real. Well, look, I I didn't mind it if he won, but I was basically calling it from the beginning. Like, you're leaving a good situation in Toronto, basically a guaranteed finals trip for the Clippers, which you really have don't know what's there. Yeah, um, I I think a lot of people. And and me included. It wasn't even the Kawhi part that people were rooting against the Clippers. It was literally the whole team minus Kawhi that people really hated the Clippers. Yeah. A.K.A. Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly, Montrezl, Paul George, right? That was the Lou reason Will. why every... Lou Will, yes. Almost forgot about... Uh, Lemon Mr. Pepper Lou. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone hated the Clippers... Mainly because of those guys rather than Kawhi. Nobody... I don't think anybody really has anything against Kawhi minus, obviously, Spurs fans. Well, Kawhi played well, decently well this series. It's not even like he... he like well, It was about, Game 7, he played really bad. I'm going to get to that. Um, starting out with my first point, I think it has to go to, you know, the staff point of view. Mike Malone outcoached Doc Rivers. I don't want to hear anything about Doc Rivers being an elite top of top tier coach ever again in my life because I've heard it a bunch of times even though his one championship that he had was with one of the greatest collections of talent in the past 20 years hasn't Doc Kevin Rivers, Garnett hasn't Doc Rivers sorry I'll let you continue but hasn't Doc Rivers ha- never made ha- he hasn't made a conference finals since since Boston since Boston yeah so he had one of the greatest collections of talent um, and one of the most complete teams I would say in the past 20 years for what sure a good team Right? A very, very complete, very good team. Full of veterans who know what their job is, who come in there and win games for you. Right? Dark Rivers, I don't want to hear this discussion about him being a top five coach ever again in my life. Um, top five? Wow. I've heard top five coach, bro. That's, no. that's big disrespect, bro. He's a great player. He's a coach. Great locker room guy. There's but... only a couple, a handful of guys in the league that I trust can bring you a championship. Off the top of my head, Nick Nurse, Brad Stevens, Eric Spolstra. Uh, Greg Popovich. Popovich, I think that might be it. I might be forgetting somebody, but I don't know. Um, I think that might be it. That might be it. Yeah. Maybe you can throw Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. In that there. was the other Maybe one. he's on the cusp for me, right? But I, those four guys that I just named definitely. Um, Doc Rivers again is the only coach in NBA history to blow multiple three-one leads. He blew one in two thousand three with the Magic, up three-one against Detroit. Uh, he blew, of course, the famous one in twenty fifteen against the Rockets, who they blew that game six game against Jason Terry, Corey Brewer, Josh Smith, Dwight Howard. 
I forget who else, uh, who the fifth guy was on the court. James Harden wasn't playing. It was Dwight Howard. It was Josh. You let Josh Smith come back and beat you. And yo, Jason Tyrion. Jace move, yo. And then, of course, this year he blew it. Um, there's also that famous video of Phil Jackson in the, I think it was the 08 finals, talking about how Doc Rivers is known for blowing leads. Um, so there was that. Um, and again, it comes down to the coaching. One of the most head-scratching decisions was the game plan of doubling Nikola Jokic. What is the point of doubling the arguably the best passer in the game? I know, I, I think LeBron is there. There's a couple other guys. But Nikola Jokic by far is the best passing The one the highlight game. I saw of Jokic of this game, like literally, it's the end of the game. This guy did it behind his head. He's yeah. doing behind the head, Pat. Because like literally, Jamal Murray's wide open. Yeah, Pat Bev, I don't know where you were. Like, <laughs> Yeah, bro. Um, this game plan of doubling Jokic made no sense. You, They were like, okay, we're not going to let Jokic score. We're going to make him a facilitator. And Jokic was like, okay. Why not? I don't have to move. I don't have to post anyone up. All you got to do is just throw passes? Yeah. Let's do it. And the Clippers got burned for it. I liked the adjustment of having Kawhi and PG guard their two best players. Kawhi on Jokic, Paul George on Jamal Murray. But what was the point of that game plan? What was the point of that adjustment? If if you throw the ball down to Nikola Jokic in the post with Kawhi guarding him, if you're going to double that with Paul George, what that was the point of putting Kawhi, Kawhi yeah. on Nikola Jokic? That is there's, there's literally no point of doing that at that point, right? So Doc Rivers blew it completely. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, amazing. Uh, Jamal Murray, yo. Shout out Canada, yo. Shout out Kitchener, bro. That man represented us. It's ironic that Kawhi left us to go to the Clippers and then a Canadian beat us. <laughs> Uh, why yeah, stay? Jamal Murray with 40 points Nikola Jokic with an amazing stat sheet as well um, underrated point um, for them was that they also played pretty solid defense um, Nikola Jokic had three blocks in this game uh, he was very you know good for them defensively you know surprisingly you don't think of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as good defenders but they show that they can play at least average defense and perhaps good defense in stretches I mean good enough to win on the Clippers uh, side of things, everyone choked in this game. Everyone. Yo, call Reggie Miller. <laughs> they all choked. Kawhi Leonard, garbage. Uh, Paul George, pandemic P, way off P, garbage. Um, Lou, Lou Will, Lemon Pepper Lou, garbage. Yo, Lou um, left his game at that strip club, yo. Pretty much. He forgot it. He picked yeah. up the wings and like left his game right next he to him. He left man. his game at Magic City as well. Um, listen, I don't want to hear Kawhi Leonard ever be compared to LeBron James ever again. Like, I know he's a very good player. He's a top five player. He's a top five player for me, even top three player for me. But LeBron James is in a different st- stratosphere as Kawhi Leonard. I will say this. Kawhi has time. He, he if he, because he's still young, man. Like, that guy is 28 years old, 29, 28. The man's got time. He can still. He does have time, but as of right now, I don't want to hear ever any comparisons yeah, to LeBron. It's, it's LeBron, which is, again, Kawhi, which is KD. okay. It's okay, bro. Yeah. LeBron James is at a different level as everyone. LeBron's That's also okay. in year 17. Kawhi's in year, what, 9, 10? Yeah, it's okay not to be in the same sentence as LeBron, you know? Um, my next point is Cancun on three. Patrick Beverly shouldn't have been talking. Lou Will, Paul George shouldn't have been talking. Now you're going to join Dame Lillard in Cancun. Dame Lillard even has a plane reserve for you. Bro. He bro. said he'll split the bill. Bro, CJ's like, yo, we gotta, we'll bring the big one too. And I think that... Goes to our point of we even called this before the playoffs when we were talking about the bubble season, um, and the Clippers struggling in in the bubble. 
We called it. This is what happens when you rely on your talent on paper, when you don't take preparation seriously, and we when you don't show the heart to win and the desire to win and respect your opponent and the NBA. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's not really much to say. I mean, that's literally what the biggest criticism of the Clippers were. They Front runners, bro. Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly talking all that, Paul George talking all that. But when... And I think the biggest thing was... These guys were always talking the smack. They're always playing good when they're up. The moment there's any sign of resistance from the other team, they crumbled. I mean, you you can talk your shit, but you got to back it up. Like, I might not like Marcus Smart, but he talked his shit and he backed it up. That last play on Norman Powell, that chase down, insanity. Not much not much you can do there. He backed it up. He backed up his talk. Now, what he said after that, okay, that's 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 another conversation which we already had. Um, but I, w- I want to talk about Paul George, Pandemic P., um. Yeah, this the, the Clippers gave up five unprotected first round picks for this man. Sam Presti looking like a genius, man. He is, and this has been Paul George saying that like, oh, you know, this wasn't championship or bust. It it kind oh, of was. Shit. I know you have one more season, but especially if you don't win a championship next season, oh man, you're talking about a repeat of the Billy King situation. Literally, this might be the first L I've seen Jerry West take as an executive. Yeah, especially if they don't win le- next year, this might be the first. But Paul L. George was incredibly bad. Like this is, this is the reason why you haven't won. And I, I like, I literally like was the running joke with the, the what Damian Lillard said: keep hopping teams because you're you're afraid of the grind. I think it's kind of true. I'm trying to wonder what team is Paul George going to play on next year. <laughs> like that's what I'm legitimately wondering. Uh, final point: the Clippers, I think, are genuinely cursed. I think they are, bro. Like. To be honest, I mean, bro, they 50 years of not making the conference finals. That's crazy. They haven't made the and conference finals. And they've had good finals. teams. Like, that's... Exactly. They haven't made the conference finals in 50 years. If you look out there throughout their whole history, just like, bro, you can find YouTube videos of it and stuff. Look through their whole history and tell me that's not a cursed franchise. From everything, draft picks, uh, playoffs, regular season, injuries, trades, signings, le- legit everything they've been cursed with. So, um... Yeah, Clippers are a very crisp franchise. Yeah. So, uh, so the n- n- Lakers and Nuggets move on to the Western Conference Finals. Who would have thought that would have been the matchup? I certainly didn't. You certainly did yeah. not. Yeah. Speaking of the Lakers Nuggets, um, I guess we can preview that right now. Yeah. Why not? Um, the Lakers. I think the main lesson they learned from this Clippers Nuggets series is not to mess around with the Nuggets, and I don't think LeBron would no. either way. He's in the um, conference final. You know, he's he's too. He's in year seventeen. He's seen too much to know. He knows what's going on. The Lakers are not going to mess around with the Nuggets like the Clippers did. Um, And they have a lot more heart than the Clippers do, as they've shown in the first two rounds. Um, The main thing is I think the Lakers will now be able to go back to the regular rotation with their big men, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. Um, And I think Davis can go back to playing the power forward spot, at least for the first um, three quarters, which the Lakers were not able to do, obviously, with the Houston Rockets and their small ball. Um... Your primary task on defense, obviously, will be stopping Jamal Murray and uh, Nicole Jokic, especially their pick and roll. Um, and you do have the capabilities to stop it. You have, obviously, all-NBA defender in Anthony Davis. You have good defensive centers in JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. And you then on the wings, Rondo? Yeah, on the wings, you have Rondo, exactly, KCP, Danny Green. Um, if you need to, you can have LeBron on Jamal Murray for a stretch, maybe. You could. Um, so the, the Lakers are fully capable of at least slowing down this pairing. Um, I think the main thing is also they've learned from this Clippers Nuggets series. 
don't double Nikola Jokic, and nor do the Clippers need to. I mean, nor do the Lakers need to. The Clippers, you know, they had Zubac and Harrell, which is a tough ask for either of them on Jokic. But I think the Lakers are fully capable of putting, especially a guy like Dwight Howard, former multiple-time defensive player of the year, um, JaVale McGee, uh, again, not as high IQ um, defensively as Dwight Howard, but also Anthony Davis. You can put him on Nikola Jokic to close out games. Um and then, of course, you have to stay out on your shooters because that's what doomed the Clippers whenever they tried double-teaming Jokic. Um, and then flipping things over to the offensive side of the ball, I think the Lakers can abuse the pick-and-roll with LeBron and AD and uh, pick on Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, um, especially uh, Nikola Jokic because of the fact that, you know, obviously that's the one guy you want to abuse on the Denver Nuggets on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, especially if yeah. you can make him gassed on defense. Um, and then slow him, which in result slows him down on offense. Um, I think that will help. And then also, finally, the Lakers have the advantage of rest, um, and they can bank on trying to gas the Nuggets with their transition play. Now, obviously, um, the Nuggets do have the advantage of playing recent basketball, which we've seen is an advantage in game ones especially. And being young. Like, they can run. Yeah, exactly. Um but, you know, we'll see what happens, especially after game one. Um, I guess I can throw out my prediction right now. I think it'll go. I'll give them, I was going to say five games, but just because of the respect I have for the Nuggets right now, I'll give them an extra game. I'll say Lakers in six. But I guess my true prediction will probably be the Lakers in five. I think the Nuggets will might take game one. Yeah, honestly, man, LeBron's in the conference finals. and He doesn't mess around in the conference finals. Like, he knows that this is his chance to get to the, get back to the finals, a place he hasn't been in it in a year. <laughs> um, oh, two, technically. Well, it's actually a year and, like, five months, but who's counting? Um, but, no, LeBron wants to get back to the finals, and he's not going to waste time. He saw what happened to the Clippers. This Nuggets team is very... No, it's two. It's two years. Oh, uh, who a knows? A year would be 2019. Who knows? Well, two LeBron... would be 2018. Ah, uh, who knows? Um... You know, either way, it's been time. LeBron wants to get back to the finals. He doesn't mess around. This Nuggets team is very talented. It's a very good team, but they're not experienced enough to compete with LeBron. And you can't bet on the King, man. I, I can't, like, I'm at this point where I just can't see the Nuggets doing what they did to the Clippers to LeBron. You know, I just can't, I can't see that happening. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, Lakers and I'm going Lakers in five. I have a lot of respect for these Denver Nuggets. I really like what Jamal Murray's been doing and Jokic has been doing, but... Shout out Mike Malone also. Shout out Mike Malone. He's he's a very good coach. He's turned league. this team around completely. Yeah. Um, another L that Sacramento took. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another one. Mike, especially the fact that Mike Malone was the only coach that DeMarcus Cousins actually liked. Yeah. And you just let him go. That's crazy. So... Yeah, no. Uh, I'm going Lakers in five. I think this is going to be... this. I think it's going to be a fun series, though. Yeah. Um, that brings us into the... The Eastern Conference uh, Finals. It's between the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat, and just let me just let me vomit while I say these are both very good teams. Um, now, Game One has already happened between these two. Miami took Game One in a nail biter uh, overtime, but it, Game One really showed us how competitive both these teams are. But as far as the Miami Heat are concerned, they showed they have the best player in the series in Jimmy Butler, like. And when their role players step up, this is a very scary team. I mean, like, Miami shot 44% from three in game one. Bam had that huge block to, on Tatum to seal the win. Drogic dropped 29. Like, there is a... Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Big shots. Like, this, like, we completely underestimated this Heat team. I, I'm 
not afraid to say that. Um, and Boston, I'm sorry, Miami's a very, very good team, and that's why they took game one. But for Boston, they do have Jason Tatum, who, who, who looked pretty solid in game one. Um, but I think the problem is Miami has a lot of guys. Like, on top of Butler, Bam, you got def- you got defenders that you can Crowder. throw to, like Crowder, Iguodala. Derrick Jones Jr. Derrick Jones Jr. Like, you have bodies that you can throw. And that's what really restricts players. Like, like you may not be able to slow down Tatum, but you can slow down Brown, you can slow down Kemba, and that takes a lot away from the Boston's offense. When you're forcing Marcus Smart to hit six threes every night, I don't think that's going to happen every night. Although, again, it's Marcus Smart. I really don't know anything anymore about this guy. But now, I will say um, Boston, I think, is waiting on the return of Gordon and Hayward, and that would be a big boost for up. them. I was going to bring that up. Gordon Hayward's going to be definitely a boost, but how healthy is Gordon Hayward going to be? Is he going to be? How fresh is he going to be? Who knows? But I think, I think Boston definitely going to be able to compete defensively. Like they're going to be able to, you know, especially with Brad Stevens scheming. Like you know, there's going to be some. They're going to play really great defense. Like they have great wing defenders. Obviously, Marcus Smart is a really great defender. Tatum, Brown, um, they're they're going to do well defensively. But I think ultimately, Miami has the advantage in the series. I think. Uh, it's not You're gonna, going to Miami. It's not going to be an easy win. I don't think this is going to be an easy out. But man, so for two reasons, prediction. my prediction: Miami in six. Um, a because screw Boston. B, uh, I had to throw some hate in there. Uh, and B, I just think Miami has the best player in the series in Jimmy Butler. And this Heat team, they have a lot of bodies. They can throw a lot at the, at the Celtics. And the Celtics don't have the depth that Miami does. So, um, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Boston 7. Yeah. I agree with you on the last part about uh, Boston not having enough depth as Bro, Miami. You might as well give up your passport. Uh, I mean, I don't want Boston to win. But... I no. do. I I am conflicted on the fact that I do want Boston Lakers finals, so I I guess I am conflicted on that fact. Uh, but uh, Boston, I think with Gordon Hayward coming back, that'll help them a lot. At least from the creative standpoint, maybe not might not be the best shooter or whatever, but at least he's another body you can throw at Jimmy Butler or whoever else. Um, and also he'll definitely help you with your um, you know ball creation um and passing offense um the one thing i will say i think boston can definitely abuse is miami's lack of perimeter or i mean jay crowder is one but i think miami's guards you can abuse them on the offensive end which wasn't the case for the raptors series um, Mm -hmm. because boston can abuse obviously fred van vliet norm powell and kyle larry on the other hand you can definitely go out goran dragic tyler hero uh, Duncan Robinson is also sure. another one, um, which is why I think Boston has a good chance to maybe win the series. Uh, I'm probably going to take Boston seven. Um, I will probably said Boston six before, but with the way Miami played in game one, um, I this think I'll a, take Boston seven. This is a tough series. But yeah, it is a toss up. Exactly like last series. Um, I think last series was a bit more evenly matched, but this series is also very, very, very close. Um, and it, it could go either way. I just want to see Jimmy Butler compete for a ring. That's, t- that's the one thing I want to see. And I think Jimmy's leading this team in the right direction. So I will say I don't if Boston makes the finals. The One of the also other reasons I don't want Boston to make the finals is because I don't want to hear Jason Tatum. He's only 23. He's only 23 the whole offseason. Oh, my God. He's only 23. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear that the whole offseason. Okay. So 
Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, so the East, the conference finals are set. Obviously, Eastern's has already started. West will be starting in a couple of days, but uh, it's going to be fun, man. Moving on to the uh, all-rookie and the all-NBA teams, we're going to have to speed through this a little bit just for the uh, in the interest of time. So the official all-rookie first team uh, is John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies, Kendrick Nunn of the Miami Heat, Eric Pascal of the Golden State Warriors, Brandon Clark of the Memphis Grizzlies, Zion Williamson of the Pelicans. Uh, the all-rookie second team, Kobe White of the Bulls, Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat, Terrence Davis of the Toronto Raptors, he finally got his recognition, PJ Washington of the Charlotte Hornets, and Rui Hachimura of the Wizards. So, um, in our prediction video, again, check that out if you haven't, where we predicted um, all the all NBA, all the awards, pretty much. Uh, we did get the all-rookie first team correct. Um, so oh, wow, we did. Yeah, we did. We got that right. Uh, the second team, we did not. Um, we put we got a RJ few names, Barrett right? and DeAndre Hunter in there instead of Kobe White and PJ Washington. We went three for five. I think that's PJ Washington. Solid. I think we should have probably seen coming. Yeah, we probably, um, we probably took an L there. Kobe White. I didn't know he was. I didn't think he was gonna make it just because of the fact that you know the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the end of the season really made up the mind. I think for it was voters. the Boylan factor. Everyone's like, "Damn, bro, he was with Boylan." Like yeah. this. And also the fact that RJ Barrett was not spectacular in his rookie season. Um, unfortunately, I mean, as a as a Canadian. Uh, side note: Before we quickly move on, Terrence Davis made the All Rookie Team. Somehow, he didn't uh, make the Rising Stars Challenge. Makes a lot of sense. But don't worry, Terrence. We got your back. We put you in. We put you in our predictions, and you made the actual team. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's kind of stupid. Man. Yeah. Which brings us into the All NBA Team. That this is where things get a little bit tricky. Uh, so the All-NBA first team, the official All-NBA first team is Luka Doncic of the Mavericks, James Harden of the Rockets, LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Bucks, and Anthony Davis of the Lakers. The All-NBA second team, Damian Lillard of the Blazers, Chris Paul of the Thunder, Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers, Pascal Siakam of the Raptors, shout out Pascal, Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets. Uh, the All-NBA third team, this is probably where the most controversy comes in. Ben Simmons of the Sixers, I don't know why, Russell Westbrook of the Rockets, Jason Tatum of the Celtics, Jimmy Butler of the Heat, and Rudy Gobert of the Jazz. Yeah, so the, I think, okay, this is where I got a bit screwed up, again, because as always, the positional stuff in the NBA is always messed up when it comes to awards, so this is where things got a little bit screwy. So, first team, um, we got, obviously, LeBron, right, uh, James Our Harden, right? Yeah. Giannis right um what we didn't get right was Anthony Davis and uh Luka Doncic so we actually had Damian Lillard as our first team guard um and Luka Doncic in our second team whereas the NBA had Luka Doncic in the first team and Damian Lillard in the second team I don't disagree with it um I just thought Damian Lillard was the better player from start to finish this season um, but I don't disagree with Luka Doncic being in the first team. The one where it did get screwed up for us was because of the fact that we had Anthony Davis at a forward spot. Therefore, we didn't put him on the first team. But the NBA uh, randomly had a forward center spot, so they put him on the first team. Yeah. Which, um, so I think know, we were we were go- we were gonna put Davis on the first team, and then literally I think just because of that we yeah just because of the position he was listed at the power forward. That's what the forward. That's what we're like. Um, okay, yeah, can't so do that. That's where. Nikola Jokic, where we had him on our first team, uh, he was on the All NBA second team. Um, yeah, I think um, a lot of it got screwed up from uh, there. Yeah, yeah, it it got super messy. Now Chris Paul, um, that was surprising. And Pascal Siakam, 
Chris, uh, we both had them. Well, no, we didn't have Chris Paul in the. We had Siakam on the third team, so we had Chris, we didn't have, we didn't have Chris Paul. But shout out Chris Paul, yo, he really you know showed everyone that he can still ball, man. So we we also had Kawhi Leonard on the second team. That was right, yeah. Um, uh, and then on our second team we had Joel Embiid. Yo, that man didn't make any. He all didn't NBA make team. the All NBA team. That's shocking. Which yo. brings us to the third team. Now Russell Westbrook, we had on our second team. Um, our third team was completely messed up uh, compared to the NBA, at least. I thought it was a pretty good third team. Um, Jason Tatum was correct. Uh, he also made the All-NBA third team. Um, no, we didn't We didn't put Jimmy Butler in there. Yeah, okay, I think that was a bit of an L. Yeah, that, that one we took an L. I, yeah. I think we just, didn't, we just didn't think of Jimmy. I think we just thought Jimmy was like well, cruising. Well, no, it's because the whole forward spot was completely messed up. Yeah. Uh, again, the Anthony Davis thing, I think, screwed it up because of the fact that we put him at a forward spot. Otherwise, we move probably move Pascal up to the second team and then therefore put Jimmy in that third team spot. Yeah, I think Jimmy was like in there, but then we're like, what, he, Jimmy, he was Tatum, think, Jimmy? Yeah, like, he was, I think, literally our last, our, our first player off the list. Yeah. But because of the Anthony Davis situation, it screwed up everything else. So, I mean, I guess it is a bit of an L for us, but it's kind of the NBA's fault. L- let me see where the NBA took their L. How the hell is Ben Simmons on the All-NBA third team and Kyle Lowry isn't on the M- I don't All-NBA disagree. third team? Okay, listen, I don't disagree with Ben Simmons being on the third team. I do. I disagree with the fact that he made it over Kyle Lowry. Yeah. No, I disagree he's on the on the team. He he wasn't going to... You were a six seed. You were shit. You were the same player as the last two seasons you were in the league. You, you put up 16 points a game, my guy. Like, I'm sorry. Lowry put up 20 points a game. And he was an all-star. I don't and know how Kyle Lowry doesn't make the all-NB 13. How? That's absolutely insane Ridiculous. Like I, I, would, I think as Westbrook doesn't... Westbrook deserves to make the All NBA third team. I get, I, I agree with that part. Especially with the way he ended off, yeah. the season. Um, but yeah, Kyle Lowry not making the third team. Like what in the world? This guy doesn't make the All Defensive Team. Gets Patrick Beverly over him. For Yo, all Westbrook team. was right. All Beverly does is run around. Okay, I won't. I won't agree with him on that. But Patrick Beverly should not. That last play on that last play with you know <laughs> Jokic is behind the back. That that was uh, that was Pat Bev running behind him behind um, Murray. I don't know how Kyle Lowry doesn't make an all-defensive team or an all-NBA third team. Because I thought when they announced the all-defensive team, I was like, Should've okay, made fine. Both. Kyle Lowry, he has to make the all-NBA third team. Then. One of them. But, damn, bro. Kyle Lowry can't get any respect. At like, least make insane. one of those two teams. Uh, the final spot, I think that was a bit iffy. We also had Bradley Beal on our third team. That um, one, he's mad about that, yo. <laughs> he's mad about a snub. Yeah, so. But your uh, team was trash. It was because so of the fact that we didn't have Chris Paul on any of our all-NBA teams. Yeah. Which, again... Bro, the guard spot is very competitive, right? And Beal's team played really trash this year. I yeah, mean, although so Beal played well, but his... Again, yeah, Chris Paul definitely deserved to make winning it. Winning matters. We didn't have him in ours. Winning matters, uh, except for Ben Simmons, because apparently... I think the final spot that um, we got wrong... Well, I think we should have... I think it was right for us to do it, but the NBA apparently didn't think so, was putting... Uh, Bam out of bio was in our third team, whereas the NBA had Rudy Gobert in their third team. Which I don't agree with. Yeah, I think we were kind of right on that one. Bam just played well enough to the point where it's just like he. Yeah, you're seeing it right now. Yeah, like he's he's one of the best bigs in the league right now. So and as good as Gobert is on the on defense, he just doesn't bring you anything on offense, which is something that Bam at least does. Like you, he can open up. He opens up the offense so well for the for Miami. He he runs their de facto point guard. Yeah, pretty and it's, much. On, it's crazy. On the Miami offense. Um. Yeah, so I don't agree with Rudy Gobert. 
being yeah. there over Bam Adebayo. I think it's more of a reputation thing of Bam Adebayo this being his first season where he's an all-star. Um, rather than Rudy Gobert, who's being a multiple-time all-star, multiple-time defensive player of the year. So I think that's why Rudy Gobert got it in over Bam Adebayo, but I do not agree with uh, Bam Adebayo being left off the All-NBA teams. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much, I think, all we have for the All-NBA teams. Yeah. Again, Kyle Lowry got robbed. Yeah, I mean, like, we basically agree with the first and second, the All-NBA first and second teams. The third team, I don't know, man. This is why the... Me- I don't disagree with anything on the third team except for, I guess, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert. Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, like, two-fifths of it, but... It, either way, man, the media gets this wrong a lot, so who knows. Uh, with that, that, those were the all-NBA all the NBA teams and the all-rookie teams. Let us know what you guys think. Do you agree, disagree? you think anyone got snubbed? You think Again, some- if you want more detail as to why we picked those all-NBA and all-rookie teams, go back to our episode where yeah. uh, we did it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the up and under segment for this week. Um, first off, are you up or under on the Milwaukee Bucks now unlikely to trade for Chris Paul? Um, I don't know if I'm up or under on, on this because of the fact that on one hand, obviously you want Chris Paul to go to Milwaukee. I think that would be a great fit for Milwaukee. Um, having a floor general like Chris Paul who can space the floor as well. Um, whereas you had Eric Bledsoe who did not space the floor at all for Giannis. Um, I think that would be a very good fit for both sides. Problem is Chris Paul's contract and his age. He has... A lot of money left on his contract. Not a lot of years left, obviously. It, it's gone down. So his contract isn't as bad as what it was when he first signed it. But Milwaukee's already going to be going into luxury tax if they spend any more money. Um, it's now, you do to have afford. a tiny bit of wiggle room with, I think, Ilyasova's contract. Well, the fact that you have to trade for Chris Paul, like I just pulled up the, the Bucks cap, cap situation. Like, literally, you're going to have to... It would probably involve a deal with Bledsoe, George Hill, Ilya Sova, and maybe maybe Robin Lopez to make things work, or maybe, like, a few picks. And I don't dis- I don't agree with moving George Hill. Yeah, I mean, like, again, but, like, his contract is just one of the ones that will have to be moved, unless you want to move Brooke Lopez, but... And also, bro, you're talking about... Well, whereas the rest of the boxes are... You know, around 30 age, Giannis obviously is a lot younger. But the Bucks majority are, you know, in that 28 to 30-something yeah. range, right? Whereas you have Chris Paul, who's, what, 34 at this point? Um, with an injury history, um, it's not a great contract to have, especially because of the fact that you're already up against the cap this much. Not to mention the fact that if Giannis does, that, does sign that Supermax, um, then your your financial situation is messed up completely. Even if he doesn't and you want to retain Giannis, whatever contract he signs is going to be a max contract either way, right? Yeah. So your financial situation as the Bucks is not great, which is why they took a huge L by not re-signing Malcolm Brockton because of the fact that they want to cut corners and save a little bit of money. Where now you see you're already not being able to save any money and you're down... A player that you had for free, yeah. Oh well, that you drafted, yeah. Right, and who was your top? Who was a top three player for you? Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, next up, are you up or under on Lou Will himself filing a trademark for Lemon Pepper Lou? I'm under. Don't like Lou. 
The only thing lemon pepper you're gonna go get is your game back at uh, Magic City. <laughs> go find go find your game back, and then then maybe we can start talking again. Because Lou, this has been the the, the biggest and rightfully so criticism of your career. Great player, great six man. You can't win again. I think I brought it up in a couple of episodes ago. Lou has kind of been bad in his, in the playoffs in his whole career. Last year was an exception. Um, last year he's good in the playoffs in the first round. Of course, they got eliminated. In, was it six by the Warriors? Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of being bad in the playoffs pretty much his whole career. So I'm 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 done with Lou Will until he until this man can actually win in the playoffs. Bro, I'm worry done. about trying to make it past the Denver Nuggets and then file talk about the trademark. Whereas this guy's talking about that's not his, a good nickname, bro. This guy was like this guy was worrying about filing a trademark for Lemon Pepper Lou, and these guys. We're about to blow lead to Denver. That's not even a good nickname. Do you know the context of Lemon Pepper Lou? That's a bad nickname to have. Well, apparently he doesn't think so. Oh, so. Man, man's a fool, yo. Yeah. Well, moving on. Are you up or under? On Mike D'Antoni officially leaving the Rockets. Uh, so the the few candidates that are going to be there to rep- that might replace him is Tyron Lou, Sam Cassell, Jeff Van Gundy. They're all in the running. Um, but Daryl Morey is also expected to be re-signed as a general manager. So are you up or under on both? Um, Mike D'Antoni leaving, I think I'm up on it because of the fact that we expected it. Yeah, it's it, that relationship has kind of run its course, right? Yeah, it, it's no, it's, it's run its course at this point. There's not much more you can do if you're Mike D'Antoni and if you're the Houston Rockets. There's not much more you can do. Um, regarding the names in the running, again, Ty Lue, we've talked about him a lot. Um, uh, again, we I don't I don't know why he gets all this credit. Or this a rep of being an amazing coach? I don't know. He just I, lost his I, I don't know. I don't know. Sam Cassell, uh, an interesting name. He's been on the bench for Doc Rivers. Um, from all accounts, he's been a pretty knowledgeable. Well, in his NBA career, he was a good point guard. Um, and then post-playing career, you know, a lot of people have said a lot of great things about him. That might be in jeopardy now that they blew this 3-1 lead. Um, because you have to look at the whole coaching staff. Um, and then Jeff Van Gundy obviously also coached the Rockets before in the late 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's been in the rumors for a lot of head coaching jobs for yeah, the nope. last, I don't know. The question is, how good is Jeff going to be? I don't I know. I mean, at least the fact is that he hasn't been away from the game. He's been inside the game for the past however many years since he left the Knicks job, right? Um, and then, to be honest, I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but I'm under on... Daryl Morey being re-signed because of the fact that this guy screwed up the whole franchise. I'm sorry. Like, this guy made a bunch of good moves, don't get me wrong, but he also made a bunch of terrible moves. Yeah, Daryl Morey is one of those guys who just really likes to experiment, and this time it just didn't work. And he wants to impose his whole analytics approach on the Rockets. Yeah. Listen, I don't disagree with analytics, per se, but imposing it to this degree that he has, and obviously it backfiring like bro you can't treat basketball as if it's a numbers game it is a lot of mathematical you know analysis and whatnot but it's just it's it's a physical game at the end of the day it's not just a game you run it's not code that you run on a computer right yeah it's it's not that it's a physical game you have to play you don't just think of it in your head and run it on a computer yeah so yeah i'm under on that bro i think daryl Morey should be done in Houston, if I'm being honest. Uh, next up, are you up or under on the Raptors and head coach Nick Nurse uh, agreeing to a multi-year extension? Absolutely. Hella up. This was expected, man. Championship winning coach. 
uh, winning his coach up, of all Bobby time. Bobby Masai. Uh, Bobby Masai. Uh, Masai's getting a lifetime deal. That's that's next up. Masai signs a lifetime deal. And hopefully we extend Bobby too. Yeah, we get we get Bobby here for another five more years. Uh, maybe a lifetime deal for Bobby too. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, uh, this is we knew this was gonna happen. I mean, like he won a championship, coach in of the his year, first year in his first year, coach of the year in his second year, winning the his most coach successful. Co- yeah, winning his coach of all time in Raptors history. Well, no, he's winning. Well, his, yeah, he has the highest winning time, percentage of all time. Of all time. But also the most successful coach in Raptors history. Yeah. Um, already in its first two years. One of the most kind of sad if we think about it. It is but. very sad. <laughs> it is very sad. I mean, like, considering, like, who is, who is this competition? Uh, Sam Dwayne Mitchell, Casey, Sam Dwayne Mitchell, Kessel. and Jay Triano? No, uh, Lenny Wilkins. Oh, okay. Well, I, I would just say it's Sam Mitchell, Dwayne Butch Casey. Butch Carter also. <laughs> and Butch Carter. <laughs> Butch Carter. But those are dark times. Um, <laughs> but no, Nick Nurse is definitely by far the best coach we've ever had in franchise history. Um... No brainer to resign him. Just again, like this, this this was I hope, expected. Um, I hope he does become our Greg Popovich. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I sincerely hope that. Yeah, and uh, finally, are you up or under on uh, the Bucks? Are the Bucks ownership saying that they are willing to go into the luxury tax to bring help for Giannis? Now, Giannis reportedly had a meeting with um, Bucks owner and to talk about the future of the team, and this was one of the the topics that uh, they agreed upon. That uh, they're gonna spend into the luxury tax. Um, I'm up on it because obviously, if you have a superstar like Giannis, who's only 23 years old, 23, yeah, 23, 24, 24, um, you have to be willing to spend money, um, especially in a championship window that you have right now. What I'm under on the fact is, why did you not do this last year? Yeah, like. When you had one of the best guards in the Eastern Conference in Malcolm Brogdon, but no, you didn't want to pay him. No, and then you saw how that worked out this year. Well, now you want to pay Chris Paul now. Then you want to go after Chris Paul. You want to go after these big names. and it's... When you had Malcolm Brogdon, a young point guard who knows the system, who's there with the honest, who's developed through that Milwaukee franchise, who's turned himself into one of the best Eastern Conference guards. And you've seen the way he's done this year in Indiana, and you didn't want to give him a contract like that. Yeah, like sometimes you, you as an ownership group, you got to realize that if you're if you're a contending team, you might you have to spend money to make money, and in this case, money is a championship. Stop um, pinching pennies, bro. Yeah, people should have learned from the James Harden situation in the OKC. Yeah, no, that they, was a they should have learned from that horrible decision, but one of the worst decisions uh, OKC ever made. Or well, the worst. I mean, and now, I mean, I guess now Presti's trying to make up for that slowly, but I mean, Presti's done a very good coach, a very good job aside from that, and that's like the biggest stain on his resume, which is a huge stain, yeah. considering that probably screwed you off a few championships. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with the Bucks, man. But with that, that concludes this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely subscribe to the show on all the various podcasting platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us with the Up and Under Podcast. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Up, letter N, under podcast. Facebook.com slash Up and Under Podcast for all the latest updates whenever we post a new episode or a reaction to news as they occur. Or to hear our slander on teams like the Clippers who blow a 3-1 lead. Uh, it's always fun. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out if you haven't done so. Also, check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com. It's our central hub for the show. It's also where we post blog posts about every episode. So if you don't have time to listen to the episode, you can also read about it on our website. So definitely check that out. Uh, and man, it's conference finals time. We here.
um let's see what happens man and uh with that that that's the end of this one see you guys in the next one take it easy easy